Hello and welcome to the Van L Twin Podcast. I am Amy and we are joined by some very spooky people today. Melissa. Oh, oh, oh. Michael. Hello. Tomas. Ah, ah, ah. And our spookiest guest, uh, Wilhelm. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> <We're just> terrified. <laughs> we are a family of ghouls and witches, creatives going through the story writing process, and we're dragging you to the underworld to join us for this journey. <laughs> I am wearing vampire teeth that I am now going to take out because I lisp and it's <laughs> no good for recording audio. I remember, like, themed episodes of television used to be a huge thing oh yeah you would have your halloween episode you'd have a thanksgiving episode a christmas maybe you'd have a valentine's day or something oh there's always something valentine's romantic yeah and it was you know every show had regardless of mm-hmm. whether it was a sitcom or a drama or anything it would mm-hmm. be like a slightly themed type episode i always hated it as a kid <laughs> But I enjoy them more when I can binge a show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like that week when you're watching it on TV as a kid and that is like, you know, their binging isn't available. That is your time slot for enjoying the show that you wanted to. And all of a sudden it's a themed episode. And I don't care about Christmas themed episodes. Everybody else has them. It doesn't matter. But (laughs) Halloween themed episodes were always pretty good. Favorite were always, of course, Christmas themed because I'm obsessed with Christmas. But Christmas themed in that everything was decorated. There was lights out everywhere and trees and presents and whatever. And holiday music playing. But then they're not like, it's not like about saving Christmas or some goofy Christmas catastrophe or whatever. It's just, hey, it's all decorated up for Christmas because this happens to be airing, you know, around Christmas time. I always loved those. Yeah. Same old stuff, different decor. Yeah, I didn't mind when they changed the decor. I hated when it was like, we have to have what's the meaning of Christmas episode. It's like, shut up. Just shut the fuck up. Okay, there is this one, though. Have you guys ever seen the show Eureka? Like Eureka's Castle? No, 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 no. it's called Eureka. It was on the Sci-Fi channel, right? It was on Sci-Fi for a while, but I think it was also on like a primetime show, but I don't remember which channel. It was a summer series. So they could get away with doing a little bit more goofiness. Well, one of the seasons, you know, their season usually ran from June or July through October. It was really bizarre kind of seasons. But then this one year, this episode dropped in December, like completely out of season. Everything was completely out of what was going on in in the storyline in that season. It was told from the perspective of the uh, smart house, like recalling this crazy Christmas adventure to the audience. All of the characters, even if they weren't there currently, all of the characters were in it. And it was some big, crazy, stupid sci-fi thing happened that turned the town into cartoon characters. (laughs) And it kept pulsing. And they they actually made a whole cartoon out of all these characters. And then this this machine kept pulsing like across the city. And every time it pulsed, the style of cartoon of animation would completely change. Mm -hmm. And it did that like 
six or seven times. When I first started watching the episode, I was like, like even for this show, this is a, is a lot. This is a lot to take in because it is the goofiest show ever. But by the end of the show, I'm like, this is amazing. And of course, you know, they're saving Christmas, but in the most absolutely ridiculous. You fashion, had me so. and then you lost me. <laughs> <laughs> they're saving Christmas by not allowing the entire town to implode or something like that. So it just happens uh... to be Christmas Eve. And then at the end, the house is like, did this really happen? I don't know. You have to decide for yourself or something crazy like that. And then the next season, when the next season came around, everything was like back to the way it had been. It was just this random episode dropped out of nowhere. That, that's pretty smart from a production standpoint. Mm-hmm. If they're changing animation styles, because they can go with several studios at the same time. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and the uh, thing was, each animation style was very recognizable. So like... Mm-hmm. One would be the Simpsons style, and one was in Peanuts style, and one, they did a whole scene like claymation. So Bob's Burgers had a a similar sort of episode, except I think it was like every time, you know, the scene would change and not just like, okay, we're going on to a brand new thing in this episode. I believe it was like, you know, they would switch from one character talking to across the room, somebody else was talking. They would switch the style and all of the styles were made from fans. Mm. That's pretty cool. So they got a bunch of fans. Yeah, they got a bunch of fans to do. And it was this whole episode that it was all like, everything was a different style, but it was specifically to like kind of thank the fans. Um, I like that. Yeah, it was really cool. And in some of the, some of the, uh, I mean, I could be wrong. It could be like everything. It doesn't matter. Uh, either way, it was really awesome seeing like just the talent of everybody who, you know, really loves and cares about the show. So I was going to say, though, that I think it's actually really fun when TV shows do like sort of those out of the blue episodes. And I feel like there's kind of this some of them that are kind of reoccurring. And if you guys have any others you can think of, let me know. But I, one is there's usually like a dream sequence where like everybody is either like gender bent or like they're in like candy land or something and it's just like normal and everyone's like what's going on and at the end of the episode the person wakes up and they're like are you okay they're like yeah i just had like a really strange dream but it's like it's just like a regular show where it could be like uh well i know i think supernatural did it where they you know supernatural is a very serious show and they had sort of like a dream sequence or whatever or maybe it was like a demon casting a spell over them because you know classic supernatural where like everything was happy and go lucky and people were like singing songs in the street so i just love when they do so oh there's usually like a musical episode that tv shows have but i love when they do those those kind of out of the blue episodes especially because you know before it was like 24 episodes per season so (laughs) they have to switch it up somehow yeah are there are there any others that you guys can think of do you know I can think of a couple of them. One that I can't stand that I feel like just about every show does is the boxing episode. Please stop. I've seen boxing in like every show. Um, there's always an episode where it revolves around some boxing match that at least one of the main characters is going to do. And it could just be that they're sparring and as they're sparring, they're reminiscing about something that happened in their life or their dad or their grandpa used to, to box or something. So they are taking it up to get their anger out or there's just a lot of repetitive cliche stuff that I find with the boxing episode that I feel like so many major TV series have done. And it's just, I'm done with it. I've seen it all. I don't need to keep seeing these boxing episodes. 
Can you name all the boxing episodes in Star Trek, Missy? Oh, gosh, no, stop it. <laughs> Isn't there like one where it's like a Western? They get stuck in the Western in the, uh, what is it? I don't remember. The holodeck. The holodeck. The holodeck. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And they get stuck in like a Western version of themselves. Yeah, it's uh. There's Worf. one in Next Generation. Yeah. yeah, in Next Gen, Worf and his son Alexander get stuck in the holodeck when like Data's processing unit or something is like transferred into the holodeck and he becomes a bad guy. And there's like a million Datas and they have to deal with it. And yeah, it's nuts. I like uh, how. British TV does specials a lot. Like the BBC does a Christmas special, but it's not necessarily focused on Christmas. It just comes out around that time. So like Doctor Who does it a lot. When Top Gear was on, they would do a Christmas special. So you'd have shows where people were at home that were really big and they would release it. And you'd be like, oh, yes, this is the special. I can't wait for it. And I just hit my mic. So if there's a little bit of boom, 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 that's what that was. Thank you for that. <laughs> I mean, I usually end up talking about Futurama, even though I feel like Missy's, uh, that's Missy's favorite show. But 100%, the, the Christmas specials and Futurama were so much fun. Oh, they were great. They, it was very much so, let's save Christmas, which is, is a trope, but it was let's save Christmas with a twist. Yeah. Which was, which was uh, nice. It was and like, oh. Okay, they would keep coming cool. back to it every year, too. Yeah, so you exactly. get like a little bit more of that. So it was its own little arc that you had going on, and that was a lot of fun. So good. Wasn't Santa a robot or something? Yes. Mm-hmm. And he was evil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he had determined that everybody is naughty, and they all must be exterminated. <laughs> I, I did like the uh, Tree House of Horrors from yeah. The Simpsons. That was fun. Those were so good. It gave oh, them yeah. the opportunity to play around with some creative ideas that were maybe just brief flash thoughts that they necessarily couldn't they couldn't necessarily pull a whole episode out of but here's a few minutes like a, yeah an anthology I feel, episode i feel like the only rerun that they ever did halloween special wise was the one that was based off the shining <laughs> yeah like i've seen that one so many times that like i don't even remember any of the other ones yeah that was pretty good i haven't seen that in years though so Another yeah, one um, I've seen used fairly frequently is specific to sci-fi shows, where if it's in the future and people are out exploring space or whatever, for whatever reason, they always seem to have to solve some old Earth mystery. Yeah, there's one. Yeah. Like, even if they're on the other side of the galaxy, they're the ones that happen to pass by the planet that Amelia Earhart landed on or something. <laughs> Like, no, oh, I'm yeah. serious. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah. thing. Or in just the everyday kind of shows, you know, or if it's an investigative show, like they somehow find the island that Amelia Earhart crashed in. There's always just solving these these really ancient mysteries that have baffled humans for, you know, it could be 25 years it could be a hundred years but there seemed that seems to be a pretty common theme that every once in a while will pop up an episode in a show of oh today instead of doing what we normally do we're solving an old mystery because we happen to get that one crazy clue that nobody else knew but it's especially with sci-fi shows where no matter where they're located they just happened to find some crazy old missing Earth probe that everyone wondered what happened to, or 
some human evolution ancient species that this is what we would have turned into or it doesn't really matter what it is there's always an old earth mystery but i think that like with sci-fi shows in particular or movies or whatever it's kind of easy and a little more plausible that it would ha- it would happen in among those things yeah it's not necessarily a bad thing although the amelia Earhart one has been used many times but it's just something you can rely on just like you can rely on those holiday episodes you can rely on solving old earth mysteries without a doubt one of the uh, another trope that i've seen rise in popularity in sci-fi specifically is definitely uh time loops oh yeah at least the two shows i can think of that had a time loop would be agents of shield and dark matter i'm trying to think of another sci-fi show Uh, star trek all of it there's yeah yeah all yeah there's there's so (laughs) many that's not even worth mentioning because it's like (laughs) there's all of the series there's at least one time loop there's multiple. Um, I have the Star Trek collection of time paradoxes. They actually put out a separate collection of all the episodes from all the Star Trek <laughs> with time paradoxes. Somebody gave it to me for Christmas because they, they knew me. <laughs> what amazing. a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Star Trek also has entire alternate universes based upon time paradoxes. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, they do. They have a whole series. Yeah. It's the new Star Trek. Yay. <laughs> series. New Star Trek. Yeah. I haven't seen any of the new Star Trek. No, I mean, no, no. The, the He's talking about the movies. Oh, the, the movies. Oh, okay. oh the Ugh. movies. All oh, right. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, I didn't know you guys didn't like those. <laughs> uh, no, movies are good. Yeah, they're good. Uh, the second movie was kind of like Remember Berries filled. I'm sorry. Yeah, was, I, I, what? I thoroughly agree Me- with that. Remember Berries? You, what like, is that? Uh, it's a remember South this? Park reference, but it's basically the idea that, like, hey, do you remember this? Do you remember that? Do you remember this? Oh, and that's okay. that was the Wrath of Khan part two, the, redo. the rapid fire <laughs> nod. Yeah, to... yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, it like it didn't need to be that to be a good Star Trek movie, but it is a classic J.J. Abrams thing with just going, hey, nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Here you go. I still oh, think it's great. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't bad. It just wasn't that great. I did like the third one, even though that was totally action packed over the top. I've only seen it once. I should probably watch it again. I don't remember anything except for like I think the third one's my favorite. And I know it's an unpopular opinion, no, but know. it just felt and I guess Red Letter Media put it in perfect words for me, but it was like it felt like a Star Trek episode rather than a whole movie, and that's why I really yeah. liked the third one. Yeah, that's why I didn't like it. It felt like a a season finale slash season next season opener. Yeah, yeah. felt like something like that. I want it to be. I don't want it to be something like that. I want it to be something like a really big, Mm -hmm. like a movie. You know, that's kind of how I felt about. Well, it's definitely how I felt about Insurrection as well. Oh my god, yeah, that for me good story, but totally season episode. Yes, two parter. Yes, it was not a very engaging standalone Star Trek movie good story good but movie. it didn't cross that yeah, line okay. into like that epic movie experience i just want to make it known that isn't it like in every single one of the new star trek movies the enterprise gets absolutely obliterated yeah pretty much <laughs> thank like, you yeah, but that means that for the next movie they can have improvements oh because remember when we had to reconstruct it because it got blown up look at all these cool new gadgets we now have yeah yeah. But someone has a cooler gadget and they blew it up again. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to go on a quick Star Trek tangent, go for it. Search for Spock 
Enterprise gets blown up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my God, like that is a death of a character because that ship was so mm-hmm. well known. That was the first yeah. time in Star Trek yep. that the ship had been destroyed. And they did a really smart thing with Star Trek Four when they did not have the Enterprise in it mm-hmm. until the it, like very, very, very end. And it was a Klingon ship they were in. It yep. brought a whole new set of challenges and you know it brought a new sort of fresh face to it and it was great but then i i agree it's after that it's pretty much just like blow up to ship yeah every single episode it's like or every single movie it's like oh we can't do anything bigger or crazier than blowing up the ship so we might as well blow up the ship again (laughs) blow up the damn ship picard i don't remember (laughs) Yeah, yeah exactly what movie it was but the one where they had to actually like crash the enterprise nemesis. generations no it wasn't nemesis generations, no. no they did it in nemesis where they crash it onto a planet so no, was was generations. yeah yeah that's what it they that didn't one... intentionally crash it like it was okay anyways doesn't matter moving on i was going to say is that crash effect I thought, I remember that being like the coolest thing when I was a kid. I thought it was so like well done. And then like seeing the layers of of snow and dirt and grass and trees just like crumble away. Um, I just thought that that was so cool. That effect. I mean, I'm sure if I go back and watch it now, it's like, no, because I did recently. So our father specifically loves that special effect. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) he thinks it's the best that's ever been made, period. And there's a lot of great stuff. It's miniatures in the entire thing. And the way that they film it is you get, you know, a second or two of the ship crashing into a mountain and then it goes to really shaky cam inside the bridge and then it goes back Mm -hmm. to the ship crashing from a different angle and then shaky cam so you know it doesn't look all that great when you pause it or when you you know view it over and over again but it does hold up as a special effect like a lot of practical effects actually do it'll be it'll be better for longer than most cgi is from 1992 to 2016 which is why total sort of non sequitur like jurassic park still holds up pretty damn well because of like the monsters not being cgi or the monsters the dinosaurs not being cgi yeah in fact being like these massive puppets it makes it so much more scarier because it they look real and it's not just like even when you go back and watch it you're not like oh okay that's a cgi t-rex it's like Oh, no, animatronics? That that yeah, animatronics, thank you. It, it was a mixture. Uh, no, I know it was a mixture, but I'm saying yeah, it, the it moments holds up when it, it yeah. yeah, it holds up because of the fact that they use those animatronics. The 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 points and that they did use away. Jurassic Park, like the points that they did use the CGI in Jurassic Park, they used very, very intelligently. They knew that computers were not going to have a fully rendered dinosaur in the light. So they had it during a really, really rainy like storm where yeah. there was no light casting over it. Like they were super smart with the way they made the dinosaur look menacing without ever actually showing you a lot of it. So, so. Here, here's a quick recommendation because I just watched it earlier. It's from a YouTube channel called Owl Kitty, and it is <laughs> a black cat channel. in Jurassic <laughs> Park, and it looks awesome. And instead of the T-Rex, it's just a big black cat. It's like a minute <laughs> clip. It is fantastic. And it looks really good. 
you know, and it's definitely done by an amateur. So it just shows you how long or how far the technology has come. And you'll, I mean, a really good amateur. All of it. Yeah. Here, I'll link you'll it. You'll look at all this stuff to, uh, it's, to the Discord. Just look at Pulp Fiction with a cat. That's another one. It's like 26 seconds. It's, <laughs> it's insane how good this person is at green screening in their cat. Yeah. <laughs> and we're back. Then we're back. We watched those videos. They were very funny. We loved them so much. Yeah, just that was amazing. Speaking for all of us. Sorry uh, if you don't agree. Yeah. Go check out Alkitty. You're going to get lost. You're going to get lost in Alkitty. I know tonight. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's so I, I follow this guy on Twitter. He is a padre who lives at the Vatican. And there's a bunch of stray cats at the Vatican, right? And he started feeding them and trying to like get them to not be so feral. And he calls them the Vatikitties. And he takes, you know, videos and pictures of them. And he named one of them Owl Kitty. And I always thought, that's such a weird name. So when you said Owl Kitty, I was, that was instantly what I thought of. So now I know why he named it that. So thank you. The Pope likes Jurassic Park. Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, a jesuit father so anyways anyone listening go look up on twitter the vaticities they're amazing not sponsored hashtag hashtag i forgot hashtag, hashtag please sponsor <laughs> but please Somebody. sponsor please i'll take a cat the other day was national cat day and i was very sad because i'm the only one of us that doesn't have a cat <laughs> so i had to live vicariously through all of you you can have mine <laughs> I don't think your wife yeah, you can have mine too. you giving away your cat. You can't have mine. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that thick boy is mine. All right. Well, seeing as it is the very Halloween special, it's not It's not a thing, but it, I'm making it maybe a thing. Anyways, um, I wanted to see what everyone's favorite spooky story is. I personally don't like spooky stories. <laughs> <laughs> and you're asking the question. I just don't, I don't like to be scared. I'm not a big fan of being scared. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's Halloween, your favorite fun. holiday? It is. And I just, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I've, I don't enjoy Halloween, person. but I enjoy spooky stories. So <laughs> there you go. I oh, like Halloween. Okay. I like being scared, but I don't like jump scares. The sudden loud noise. I specifically have a problem with sudden loud noises. Yes. And I have very sensitive ears to begin with. So like when a ambulance passes by, I have to cover my ears because it is much more sensitive to me than it is other people, apparently. I constantly hold a remote or hold my mouse if I'm watching something on uh, my laptop because I'm just up and down and up and down with the volume. We need natural compression for our ears, but our brain does not do it. I wish Brains there was a stupid. setting for watching like Netflix or whatever where you could have some volume setting where it brought the super loud volumes from whatever down some and the super soft, especially with people talking, it's always so soft. Mm, that's but then called, action happens and it's so loud. And that's called compression. Things. You can okay. probably set that on your computer or audio device really? or yeah, be able to, yeah. TV or anything. Yeah. It, well, not my TV, but... It basically normalizes, so to speak, the volume. It brings the really quiet parts up a little bit, and then it brings the really loud parts down quite a lot. So It'll be really fantastic. 
yeah, so I don't like jump scares. I think that probably one of the scariest things I've ever participated in or seen was the game Amnesia because it is yeah it is not a jump scare heavy game but you have to run away constantly you have a light that goes out your vision gets blurred when you're around these like things you basically go insane and it is just terrifying because you're constantly running it is a really great horror game which has been copied many many times because of how great it was did you see the Yogscast play the PT Silent Hills demo? Yes. Possibly. Yep. I don't know. Uh, it was with, that was a game. I think it was with Simon. It was with Simon, Hannah, and uh, Kim, was it? Mm. I think. Did Simon yeah. lose to one? No. No, um, that's not really their jam. And they, it, it was, it was the, the hallway game where you're, you keep going down the hallway and then you open the door and it's the same it's hallway. It's the hallway again. Yeah, I do think I remember that. That game was fucking terrifying, and I didn't even play it. <laughs> like <laughs> that game was. Whew. I will say I don't like I don't like watching scary movies or playing scary games. However, I like watching other people play scary <laughs> games. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. So one of my favorite to watch people play is Alien Isolation. Yes! I was hoping you were gonna say that. It is. I. It's so. I. Okay. I. <laughs> I don't really scream like a girl. I've never really screamed like a girl. Usually when I scream, it's like, ah! like, I'm like, I don't, uh, I don't have a very feminine scream. You're right. Uh, Actually, side story, because this is a fun this story. Yeah. Uh, I went on to like a tower, of the, one of those drop towers at like an amusement park, right? And um, we were at the top and I'm terrified of heights as well. So we're at the top and then we drop. And of course, everyone in, it was like, we were on a class field trip or something and everyone in the class is all screaming like, ah, but I let out this guttural, like, like the whole the whole way down <laughs> and the person next to me, my classmate was like, what happened? And I was like, oh, I tore my earring out of my ear it just really hurt she's like oh i thought something was wrong i was like yeah yeah no it just really hurt because i was so embarrassed that i didn't have like a girly scream it was it was very embarrassing every time i think of that i just think of the camera like zooming out that's all you hear the towers falling it's just (laughs) oh Um, but the only time, at least the only time I can remember that I've ever been an ever a girly scream has been invoked out of me is actually, I was watching it with Liam. Uh, we were watching Perian Flax play Alien Isolation. Oh yeah, um, I remember this. And I was like, I was like more surprised I screamed like a girl than, than that I got surprised by the alien. But that, that, that. That game is so much fun to watch. And even though I know like stuff that happens, I still like get kind of like spookied about it every time <laughs> I watch someone play it. So yeah, that one's a good one. I, I like that one a lot. I think going on to what Mike was saying about just scary things in general, and this isn't really apply to like games, but jump scares are cheap. If you can build an atmosphere where just the idea of something scaring you is terrifying you then you've made it you've absolutely made it Mm -hmm. and i think when games like alien isolation they do that really well with like the subtle like creaks and sounds then you hear the stomping 
of the xenomorph and you're like oh my gosh like oh my gosh it's behind me but it's it may not even be behind you at that point like when like you sell the atmosphere the yes exactly when you sell the atmosphere you don't even have to scare someone at that point it's just the fear of being scared is what is getting you and i think that's my favorite thing when a, a video game can really do that because when i when you see past some at least this, i've played so many video games sometimes i just i see past the ai that that has and i'm like okay i can just cheese it i'm no longer scared of this ai but when a game isn't really like doing that when it's like here's this atmosphere get terrified i'm like oh gosh and i think two games with great atmosphere that i've played recently is uh is gtfo that game's really hard and it's also a co-op game so you have to it's not only a lot of things are out of your control because they're in the control of your teammates and if you're not coordinating you're done for which is like a whole new scary vibe that i'm not used to it's like it's not like i'm in control and i can fix what i've done wrong my teammates are also there and we all have to fix it together so it makes it that much more scary and another game that wasn't wasn't as scary but really sold the atmosphere when it needed to be scary is metro exodus and Mm. it's 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 just set in a dystopian really really far north russian like mountains and you're in anytime you go outside it's like it's like radioactive snow and anytime you're inside in the subways and everything it's you're versing all these these factions and like oh the the atmosphere in that game is sold very very well and you're very limited on your supplies just like in any horror game really Uh, any good horror game any yeah any good horror game yeah i think playing the resident evil one remake now i think it's being remade twice but i played it on the gamecube the scariest part about that was running out of ammo you had to (laughs) purposely not kill a bunch of zombies to sidestep them and make sure that they didn't come back as these quick running super zombies because if you killed them and you didn't burn them that's what they would become they did a really good job of making you scared about your ammo count I, I do like um, atmospheric horror movies. I just, I find that most horror movies get off on that cheap thrill of a jump scare, which to me is not that scary. It is intense uh, a lot of the times. I, I will say that I think, and I've said this before, I believe on the podcast, that one of the movies that genuinely terrified me the most in my life was Signs. And it was because there was a lack of jump scares in a lot of those parts with very few of them kind of in between. And a lot of it was just you seeing things in the background that would terrify you more than anything else. And of course, I watched that when I was 16 and I was terrified by it. And then when I watched it when I was 30, it was a lot better. (laughs) So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that one just. It's just like the the psychological walking by at the birthday party mm-hmm. or whatever yes that moment oh my gosh your heart stops and the alien just yeah. walks past and yeah. you know something's coming because they're telling you something's coming and still he walks past and you just start oh yeah yo my mom showed it to me when i was like 11 or 12. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> that alien walking past yo, i jumped so hard I was fine for most of that movie until that moment. I never recovered. <laughs> Made some mistakes with movies with Liam. Not as much as I'll admit. Not as much as our dad. 
Oh, oh uh, yeah. Our dad didn't show their what ten year old child the movie Seven. Uh oh, okay. Well, you yeah, you made a mistake there. I that was an accident. <laughs> I didn't know what the movie was about. <laughs> I thought it was an action film. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, our father did show us um, <laughs> Alien at seven Alien, years old. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I think he wanted you guys to experience what he felt when he first watched it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe if he watched it with us, then he wouldn't feel so bad about being scared because we were more scared. Yeah. Well, I will say, Dad did me the warning of like, okay, well, if you want to watch this, that's fine. But you can't come to us if you have a nightmare in the middle of the night. I was like, I'm strong, independent, seven year old. I can do what I want. <laughs> I it was a bad choice. Yeah. I had so many nightmares. Oh, and yet I, I don't remember I, okay, bothering me. I will say though, as far as scary movies go, I don't mind watching like sci-fi scary movie, which they're not really scary, but they're like I don't mind the whole aliens thing. Like I like all the aliens movies well most of them but i like that kind of scary i just don't like i don't know murderer or weird creatures on earth if it has to do with anything on earth like get me out of there i don't want it no thank on you. earth present time right no even pa- past time <laughs> just what about future time yeah. future times D- is there a like future clearly the future <laughs> so I, I know we can get into sci-fi horror but is there a specific horror genre movie that you have watched and you've gone, okay, that was actually really good. While y'all think, I I think the best horror movie that I've seen was The Conjuring. It is very suspenseful with a few jump scares, but it is a very slow buildup, which is absolutely needed in horror, in my opinion. You can't just run, you know, hard into it, I guess. Like, movies that really are, they mess with your head. Like, it's really psychological the slow burning as opposed to the jump scare type. I want you to be like, or I want me to be trying to figure out what is going on and not being given all the pieces and trying to put it together. And I'm like having a little bit of a panic attack while watching it kind of thing. That's my kind of scary movie. And see, I don't remember if it was really, really that bad or if it was, I was just like young, but I remember really liking uh, I am legend. I thought that was a pretty good movie. And it's one of the only movies that I feel like really has sold to me just like one main actor being in the entire movie. I feel like most of the time that gets really boring, like, or the idea of that, or like on paper, just one actor during the entire movie is really, really boring. But I, I feel like in I Am Legend, Will Smith did really well. And I feel like there was, a, it, not as much as other movies, but there definitely was like suspense there. So I just want to do a side real quick. The the lone survivor genre, I think, suffers because they're never the lone survivor. Yeah. There's always another human somewhere. And I hate that. For some reason, it it ruins that genre for me. I want to see a story where kind of like that Twilight Zone episode, I believe. Or was it Outer Limits? I think it was Twilight Zone where the guy just wanted to read books. And oh, he was yeah. left by himself, and at the very end, he breaks his glasses, and he realizes he needs other people because he can't see and he can't read his books. I want to see something where the lone survivor is the only character, and how they deal mm-hmm. with their just basic day-to-day struggles. And you could have it teased that there's other humans, 
and they, but I don't want them to ever be seen or communicated with or found. I want that lone survivor to be alone. So if you have any suggestions, tweet us at 1L2 in productions, because I would love a story like that. I think for me, I, I like horror stories that have like a happy ending. Like I hate when it's like, like, oh, we defeated the bad guy, but you're still cursed for eternity and you're all about to die anyways. Like, I, I don't know. I just hate that because it's like, and what's the point of me watching this if it doesn't have like a good ending? I don't know. It just feels like it's like, okay, so the, the shittery continues. Like, well, I don't, I don't know. For me, I, it's just not a satisfying ending. I think I never, I never watched them, but the one where there's like the static TV and you, I think it's like the ring or something. Like, I think at the end, someone's like still infected or or whatever. And it's like, why? That's that's a classic part of horror, though, is I know. Oh, I, I don't like it. Maybe that's why I don't like it. It comes back. It's I already have enough really things gone. in my life that's not defeated and I can't defeat. Yeah. So, like, I don't need to watch DVDs about it. I, I do like the, the undefeatable enemy, you know, aspect. Where I you, do like that, too. Yeah, you think it's gone and it keeps coming back. I, I think it's a great part about horror. I can see how people don't enjoy that because there feels like there is no conclusion, but there is a conclusion. It's just that the characters die and you don't get the happy ending. You get the 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 bad ending, you know? Yeah. I think, I know this isn't meant to be a a horror movie, but I think Sunshine was pretty scary, man, because I was prepared for myself for there to be any horror aspects of it. That was just a sci-fi, but I was completely wrong by the end of it. I don't know what that one is. I agree. Uh, Sunshine, Sunshine is... Well, I have it. We can watch it. How to... No thanks. Yeah, it is. It is a... No, it is a it's... really, really good sci-fi movie. But yeah. it has okay. horror it's, elements It's introduced. such a unique concept. Yeah. Yeah. And then the ending is unique. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's confusing and a little bit of a mess, to be honest, mm-hmm. but everything leading up to that is such a great sci-fi vision, even if it's not based in reality, but just the way that like the artificial intelligence uh, appears as a hologram in the computer and their computer you know, works, the way that the screen happens when you're looking at the sun. The basic concept of the movie yeah. for Amy is that the sun is going out and they have these two opportunities to reignite the sun possibly by sending a giant explosion into the heart of it they sent one craft out and it disappeared and now there's another craft with this giant sun shield that is hurtling towards the sun on a doomsday mission for the crew to restart the sun for humanity on earth and it's just interesting okay highly recommend i wasn't really scared while watching it, it wasn't really something that was scared me in any way but one of the most scary things to watch was this one episode of black mirror that i watched with mom where it was like <laughs> these tiny little robot dogs oh, and gosh, yes. this like it was in britain obviously but it was like you don't know anything about the world you don't know what's happening in the world the Clearly whole episode is black and white mm-hmm. and then all yeah it's clearly post-apocalyptic and all you you're just falling like this one person who like is with a group and sometimes isn't um well she's with a group at the beginning and they all get killed except for her yeah 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 so the majority of the episode mike is one person yeah but that's you don't know of any like any other existing people you don't know anything else that's happening in the world you're not told anything you're just like calling out on a radio hoping somebody hears her 
So she's essentially talking to herself the whole time. She's just trying to survive the entire time. And she's just trying to escape this one little, little tiny killer robot dog, which is pretty much can do anything it's pretty much impossible to kill hunting her down even though it's injured and but she's injured and yeah 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 and so then it's a terrifying thing and and by the end she finally managed to lose it she no she managed to lose it or lose one and kill it i think i can't remember but like another one comes after her and then you realize that there's like millions of them everywhere hunting everybody and it's just it's a concept of there is no hope by the end, yeah. she kills herself because there was no hope. It's a no-win situation. Hmm. Yep. And it's, it was very scary to watch. I wasn't scared at all, but it was very scary to watch. It's, it definitely gets you kind of like breathing heavy and on the edge of your seat, rocking, hoping like, oh gosh, oh gosh, just make it through this. And then that's the whole episode is just make it through this. Now just make it through this. Now just make it through this. And it's a pretty intense episode. I will recommend two scary-ish episodes, but more creepy scary than anything, of Mm. Doctor Who, which is Blink, which deals with the Weeping Angels. Okay, those Mm. are always scary. Uh, No, they're not always scary. They started off scary, but then they went a little crazy in later seasons. I don't know, have you played the Minecraft mod (laughs) with the Weeping Angels? Those are pretty scary. Even TTT with the Weeping Angels is scary. Yeah, that's true. The other one is, oh god, I can't remember the name of the episode. It's the Are You My Mommy episode. Oh, okay, yeah, that one's freaky. Yeah, and I believe that, I, I want to say that was a Christmas episode as well. Oh, really? So there you go. Uh, horror and Christmas crossover. I don't know if it actually was, but they're, they're both just creepy. It. They're both really Sounds creepy. great. I was thinking about it, and because I like the whole sire, sire? Oh, sci-fi horror. Sire. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. The only one that I I like that's like not in that category is like Sleepy Hollow, but that's not even like really that super scary, but it definitely deals with like more witchcrafty things. I think I'm just not a really big fan of like witchcraft possession, supernatural sort of scary. I like more, yeah, more like alien kind of scary. I think maybe because the whole like witchcraft thing feels a little too real sometimes. And I'm like, you know, what? This is, I don't want that. No, thank you. Whereas like aliens and like, psh. Even if they're real, they're far away. It's fine. So you are scared of things that possibly could be real, like witchcraft, as opposed to things that aren't real, like aliens. No, no, no. I'm saying the aliens could totally be real, but they're like, you know, super far away. So it's fine. Oh, like a witch could possess me today. But like, I'm not going to be stuck in a spaceship tonight with a bunch of aliens who are trying to implant me with another baby alien See, you know what i mean like i, I, mean, I feel like that. realistically <laughs> it's the exact opposite <laughs> like, <laughs> not like i know witches aren't real but i don't know if aliens want to impregnate me or impregnate me or not oh that reminds me of that scene in prometheus you guys remember that oh Where yeah she in- when she's running away from the spaceship in a straight line Oh my gosh, that's infuriating. Stop doing that. I hate that trope. I just hate go that off so to much. the side. And they're both doing it. Honestly, I would do the same thing. I'd be that guy. I'd just run a straight line and be like, please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. And it would smash me. What part in Prometheus? The part where she rises or finds out she's pregnant, but her boyfriend had been infected with the alien goo. And so 
Oh, that's right. Her, yeah. Whoa. her wow. fetus is like part alien and it's growing at an exponential rate inside of her. And she's got to get it out or else, you know, it'll kill her. So she's like running through the ship and nobody seems interested in helping her like whatsoever on this ship. It was the bizarrest thing. But yeah, that whole sequence. Oh, that was a little terrifying. Maybe not terrifying, but definitely unnerving. So body horror. Body horror. Is that is that a big thing for for everybody where they don't like like if somebody's running after you and they're going to stab you, that's one thing. But if it's the like mutilation of the body. Yeah. Mutilation or infection of some kind. What about cannibalism being slowly eaten? Uh, I mean, that that falls under mutilation in a way, so. It puts the lotion on its skin. Although I don't think he ate. No. He just wanted his skin. I want to say a a really good horror doesn't have to be about scaring you as much as it has to be about suspense along the way. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So there can be a lot of really scary things that are just labeled thrillers instead of horror movies. But Mm. to me, I would much rather watch them than anything else. Sometimes it's just specific scenes that are scarier in a movie that's not a horror movie than an entire horror movie. Like Interstellar, when they're on the planet that's covered in water and that huge freaking scary anxiety ridden wave is coming towards them. No, thank you. Gotta go. Bye. That to me was one of the most terrifying scenes of any movie I've ever seen. Because it could be potentially real? (laughs) Well, I mean, if you get caught in a tsunami, it's the same basic thing. Exactly. A tsunami could hit us right now, but I don't think that I'm going to be on a spaceship out in the middle of nowhere. That's all I'm saying. God. There's, There's some pretty intense scenes in Dune, guys. You should watch Dune. Who has watched Dune? Dune? Who? Mike and, which is you, mm. and Tommy. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. That <laughs> uh, no, it's great. Hello. Uh, we, uh, next, uh, maybe next week we could talk about it. Maybe. Perhaps. I mean, yes. by the time we release this, the second Dune will probably be coming out, so. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Uh, that's okay, but. By the time that episode is released, we might be getting actually okay at this podcasting thing. So it's fine. It's fine. Are you kidding? True. This is top quality gold that yeah. we're this is, giving. This is our content. What do you audience. mean? Content. We're yeah. in the golden age. Content, baby. This is a quality pot of poo gold. We're just like, what scares you? And we're like, sci fi horror. <laughs> and that's <laughs> and roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. It's not that the sci-fi horror scares me. It's the only stuff I'll actually watch. Because oh. all the other stuff scares me. That's all I'm saying. too scary? What's too scary? Everything else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything. Actually, you know it's scary? The government. Woo! That's it. That's it. Halloween special, and credits. <laughs> Thank you for joining. Oh, gosh. Well, cool. I think that... Uh, that concludes our spooky, spectacular episode. So since we're concluding, why don't we all wrap up with our best sci-fi horror movie? Because apparently that's what we all like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will start with The Thing. Ooh, I haven't seen I've that. I've never seen that. Thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good sci-fi horror movie. And it's got some of the creepiest practical effects you will ever see. Amy will hate it. 
<laughs> probably. Yeah. All right. And who else has a sci-fi horror recommendation? Is probably pretty obvious though. Like I really like Alien, the original, the one oh. that started it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. It's so good. I like too many sci-fi horrors to really narrow it down. So I'm gonna go with the classic. Um, I'm gonna go with a not super well known. Uh, but probably a masterpiece. It should have won all the awards. It's called Maximum Overdrive. Um, <laughs> a true masterpiece, if you will. Oh. It's basically, there's like a, a weird uh, asteroid that passes by Earth and it takes control of all electronic products and oh turns them evil. And the main bad character is a giant... Um, tractor trailer with the face of like a goblin on front. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It is definitely aged not well. It, it was written by and directed by Stephen King and it stars Emilio Estevez. It is it is so, a, a really fun movie to watch because of how Yeah, bad it it's is. it's fun. Yes, it's fun if you are like I am bored and I want something brand brand new. That I might regret watching later. There you go. Maximum overdrive. Yeah. Tommy I, knows how good that is. <laughs> I forced him and horror. Liam to watch Literally it. Literally first day down here. She was like, well, you want to watch this? Want to watch maximum overdrive? He's like, I'm like, okay. okay. And then, oh no. You were into it. You were into it. Shut up. You know you were. Yeah, it was really bad. It was right up my uh, B-movie Badly alley. awesome. I, <laughs> I haven't watched many like, sci-fi horror, so... I'm going to go Paranormal Activity. I really like that one. That was an hmm. enjoyable movie. I've never seen it. So, yeah, that that's it the uh like the found footage like house camera. Yeah. Mm. They it cost like $150,000 oh. to make and made $200 million yeah, in even. theaters and Yeah. You know. <laughs> yep. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now now aren't they like Paranormal 7? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more they go on, the worse they get. It's typically how it works. I mean, have you seen Jason X? That, no, that and I will not. One. Have you seen Jason in Space or whatever that was called? That's Jason X. <laughs> I've never seen any. Oh, I was thinking of uh, Freddy vs. Jason because X was, oh, yeah. <laughs> that came okay. after. That was the worst. Just thought of a good one. Sphere. Anyone here seen Sphere? Is that where they go to the bottom of the ocean? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Nope, nope, nope. Oh, I hate that one. Nope. No. Nope. Oh, nope. It's nope, so nope. good. Hate it's that. so good. Yeah, I do like it. I love it. It's a good movie. I mean, I'm sure someone likes it. I do. Me. I'm not someone. <laughs> it's got a little bit of everything in it. It's got crazy people. It's got underwater. It's got time paradox. It's got monsters under the sea. It's got a spaceship. <laughs> any, it's got everything. Any recommendations from Liam? Well, since mom stole mine, I'm sorry. Um, of being the classic, I'm gonna go with the co-classic of the Terminator, being oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Very yeah. monster yes. chasing, yeah. popular, You're obvious, right. unstoppable. Right. That's a good one. Good that's a good pick. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Let me put my teeth in real quick. The scariest thing on your minds right now for me, it's student loans. <laughs> Having to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> Cleaning my house. Gas pains. <laughs> and on that note. 
Thank you all for joining us on this special edition of the Spooky 1L21 L1L12 podcast. I got there eventually. It's fine. We really appreciate you joining us today for our spooky Halloween edition, and we hope you enjoyed the shenanigans. We would love to hear from you, so if you would like to reach us, we are on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Reddit at 1L2N Productions. And if you like what we're doing, please show your support for what we're doing and head on over to our Patreon. And the last word of the day goes to our spookiest of compatriots here, Liam. Take it away. Horror movies just aren't good. There's nothing you can say about it. They're just not good. Don't watch them. Zero out of ten, do not recommend. (laughs) 